Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Tonight in the studio, it's Ian. It's Bonnie. And Aria. It is really up to you, you know, who you are, right? Like, you can hold on to the past if you want to and let that rule you and, you know, let whatever bad things that have happened to you just become who you are and what you're all about and or you can make yourself a better person and you can improve you can usually can't just jump from being a negative individual to a positive individual in one day but it is a process of something that you can absolutely work on and get better at and a person can always change right Uh, my favorite um metaphor for this is dungeons and dragons you can always just roll up a new character or insert whatever video game you want you can always just say you know what I'm not having a good time like this. I'm going to make some changes sure. and make some changes. There's literally nothing you stopping you but you. But you. That's absolutely true. And it's appropriate conversation to have here on uh, New Year's. Well, not quite New Year's Day. Apparently it's New Year's after. Day, though. Like everyone's <laughs> cel- uh, I'm They're surprised. taking the day off today. They yeah. are. I'm surprised, first of all, to find that New Year's Day is even considered a holiday, right? I know. I, know. I, I never understood why it's a federal holiday. Like why do the feds and everyone need the day off? They just I don't, don't want to work. Right, which I sort of understand, but I historically didn't work New Year's Eve. It was just a day to me. Sometimes there was a party to go to, sometimes there wasn't, but it wasn't like a, oh my God, it's New Year's Eve, we're going to get killed at the food place that I work Mm -hmm. at, right? Everyone else always said that. I was like, it's it's just a day. And then New Year's Day was the same thing. It was just a day. I never even noticed that it was a holiday and that the banks and stuff were closed until today when I went to get something to eat. And no one's open. They were like, it's closed wow. for New Year's Day. I was like, what, what do you, that was yesterday, right. first of all. Yeah. Second of all, that's not even a real holiday. It's just throw the old calendar away and grab a new one. It's recovery day. Right, you know? but that was yesterday. Yeah, but, yeah, exactly. That was yesterday. I think oh, that yeah, New Year's Day is one that if, like Columbus Day, as far as federal holidays, if it get if it falls on a weekend, they shouldn't get the extra day. It's mm. like not important. Maybe Christmas if it falls on a weekend, you get the extra day on the Monday, whatever. But not mm. not that I like think Christmas is super important either. But I could see that people would be like, oh, I need time off. But why do you need time off for New Year's Day? I think that Christmas even being a holiday, now that you mention it, a federal holiday is kind of a violation of the concept of separation of church and state because it is. A religious holiday. Well, I mean, I think almost all holidays are like religious, and that's why it's kind of weird to me that there's even federal Mm. holy days. It's weird. Mm. Oh, yeah, good point. Never really thought about it that way. So we cut out four minutes of what we call network ads and then four minutes of locals. Locals are where our local stations get to run their ads. Now, they still have other, they still have another four minutes of, of locals that they get to run, and we only get two uh, networks. So, like, we've cut this thing way back. But the nice thing was they all agreed that radio needs fewer ads. That mm, yeah. radio is this, it's it's old, you know, it's been around for a long time. It's a hundred plus year old uh, technology at this point. And, and I, I think Aria has completely convinced me that ads just don't work anymore. Yeah, the more I've thought about it over the last several years, the more I've decided they they just don't work. And Mm. only things like uh, dedicated supporters like Patreon and YouTube members and subscribers and how all of that crap is set up. Only those things are actually going to be capable of supporting a show in the current world in the long term, I think. 
Well, you know, that's an interesting discussion to have is, you know, is the advertising model changing? Does it work at all uh, anymore? I, I don't know, because obviously there's a lot of ads out there. I think Mark, uh, who's our, our co-host and, you know, behind the scenes, he does the ad side of the show, which we don't have much of anymore, by the way. We've got one major sponsor, and that's bullionmax.com slash FTL. Uh, Bitcoin.com has retired their their longtime sponsorship after a decade of of keeping us on board as like an basically our angel sponsor, so big thanks to uh, to them. But you know, do the old methods of advertising work? And if not, what methods of advertising do work? I mean, something must work, right? Like there, there somebody's out there spending money on advertising, and they're getting some response. Well, I don't know about that, right? I, I think about this as the point of view of a consumer. A lot of what I watch is like gaming videos on YouTube mm-hmm. and stuff like that because it, it doesn't take a lot, a lot of investment for me to sit down and watch a fifteen-minute gaming video, right? Like a Twitch video? Uh, not really, because it's not a live stream. It's or more just of like a, a review. Like it's a- not. It's. It's a usually a video of someone playing a game or reviewing mm-hmm. it or making comments about it. Okay. It's usually easily digestible, 10 or 15 minutes, but they usually have some sort of sponsored comment in them. In, in addition to the ads, but, you know, I use an ad blocker, so I don't have to watch those 99% of the time. However, they have, like, the first 30 seconds, the guy says, oh, we're, we're, let me tell you about this video sponsor, NordVPN, yep. or whatever. And I'm like... And you oh, skip yeah. it. Right, right. Yep. Everyone either skips or... I can't imagine... Anyone is actually going to NordVPN.com slash favorite YouTube guy and actually buying a six-month subscription or whatever. Well, that's probably a, a what they call in the business a per-acquisition. Right. Meaning that NordVPN or whoever is not paying them right. up front for that advertising. Right. They're it's, not paying them at all because no right. one's actually going to that link to give them the acquisition. I, there's a, probably a small number of hardcore fans. I doubt there's any. I've watched a lot of the people on YouTube there that when they do live streams, I don't watch the live streams, but they usually upload them to YouTube or mm-hmm. transfer them to YouTube after the fact. And they get you know super chats and donations and stuff like that. I've systematically watched the number of donations these people get just slowly go down over the last two years. Really? Yeah, and I suspect you mean the, the like the live ones that come in, the yeah. Super Chat. Like okay. this person donated two dollars through Super Chat and said mm-hmm. this, where there used to be one every two or three minutes, now there's one every ten or fifteen minutes, and huh. the amounts are much smaller. I suspect this is related to inflation and just the fact that People everyone's struggling in this economy. Yeah. yeah, so they have less money to spend on you know entertainment and things like that. And That's if they're going to invest in one of their content creators. Why wouldn't they do something like Patreon or something along those lines that gives them more of a direct connection to mm-hmm. that creator instead of just throwing a super chat out there? Well, plus, how much does YouTube take out of those super chats? Also a good I point. Bet you it's, I mean, Patreon, I think they jack like 10 or 11%, but I bet you YouTube's taking more than so that. I think all of that is the way of the internet in the future and the way of just shows in general. If you like a show, throw some money at it. Help its creators. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, just keep going. I hope you're right about that, you know, because the advertising model is a pain in the butt. You know, we have to jump through all these hoops to, to bring advertisers on. And then if we don't perform for them, then we disappoint them. And that, that really sucks, right? Because we want uh, to we want people that want to support us to succeed. And there's probably various different reasons why it doesn't work out for whatever reason. I don't know what the what that is. Free Talk Live has historically never been particularly great uh, for advertisers, there have been certain 
you know, there have been what we call angels in the business, people who advertise with us for ideological purposes. And Bitcoin.com uh, was one of those. It was uh, Roger Veer back in the day. He was an advertiser with uh, Memory Dealers, which was his computer hardware, like computer RAM dealership that he had. This was before he became Bitcoin Roger Veer. And uh, he was advertising that business not because he ever expected to sell a single you know, pallet of RAM to somebody or whatever, right? Like his, his only customers could be wholesalers. You couldn't right. just go and buy a stick of RAM from him. And so, like, the odds that somebody would be listening to this show who would need a new connection in the computer RAM business is just, like, near to zero. Yeah, it right? seems pretty low. Right? So that's, that is obviously the kind of advertiser we like because then it's just somebody who, who is into us for the ideolo- ideological reasons. Um, there have been a few over the years that we've done pretty well for, I think, because they have been pretty liberty friendly. I remember Tuttle Twins, I think, was one that got a lot of good results the kids for books. us. Kids books. Yeah. Liberty oriented kids books. And then there's sometimes that they'll uh, ask us to advertise or Mark will be like courting them or whatever. And then we don't like the product. Like, I don't want to say what. Yeah. I've, that I've, has I've happened, turned yeah. things down before. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to talk about this thing. This like isn't... There was a drink earlier this year and it was supposed to give you energy. It did nothing for me. Yeah. I don't want to yeah. say what it is. Same but... here. I yeah. ended up, you ended up giving me uh, some of them to try and the uh, same issue. Yeah, we don't want to be dishonest. We don't want to bring an advertiser on that we don't, we're not interested in, that sort of thing. And you know, I've always been good about telling Mark no to various <laughs> different things that Thank he's, goodness. he's pitched over the years. Because he comes up with some creative <laughs> pitches. Ukrainian brides. <laughs> I wasn't going to mention that one, but he yeah, did. He, he tried did. that. Uh, up with that one. You're on Free Talk Live. Who's this? Uh, this is Stefan. Stefan, you're on the air. Yes, I was going to give a quick comment. You guys were talking about advertising and super chats. And, sure. Um, Aria was talking about, oh, well, why don't you go on Patreon? I think with super chats, it's more so due to the fact that uh, I watch a lot of uh, sports live streams and whatnot. And generally, the super chats, super chats get read by the creator, content creator, live on stream. Mm-hmm. And it seems more... Uh, it seems more like your voice is going to be heard on the stream than anything, and it seems like they want the attention more than they want to support the creator a lot of the time. I think that's true. That's absolutely what those people are looking for. They're it couldn't looking... work for us, though, because just call the show if you want your voice on free. the show. Yeah, you can get on the air for free. Uh, and, and it's hard for us to pay attention to the, the chat rooms, right? Like, usually the, the people that are talking in the YouTube chat aren't worth paying attention no but to. i mean it, it would be relatively oh. simple to set up something that you know if someone used a super chat or something we could make it pop up on the screen there yeah, hey sure. this person gave five dollars and sent this message or whatever right. but like if they want to do that every single one of us would say just call the show and yeah. yeah they could do that for free but that's the other thing you got to remember there's a generation gap where younger people oh they don't want to call them don't phone. want to talk Right. So like, do well, I don't even... want to answer my phone either, but this is <laughs> like my phone rings and I just immediately turn it over. I don't unless I immediately recognize the name, but like, and you're younger than I am and Bonnie's younger than, than you are. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it seems like a, I don't know if it's a millennial and Gen Z thing. To but... me, it's, it's way worse when you need to call someone for a service. Like whenever I need to call to see if coconuts, uh, groomer is there mm-hmm. to cut his nails. It gives me like, I don't want to say anxiety just gives me like a ugh I don't want to do this feeling. No, I feel you. I'm with you a thousand percent. He is laughing, but I get it, man. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk to people either, but that's different when you're calling a show. I don't know. Maybe Super Chats would be good for the millennial and Gen Zers out there who don't want to actually 
express well, we themselves have, for free. We do have the ability. Uh, it is the, the tip.lrn.fm. There's the URLs yeah. up there all the time on our video feed. That doesn't give them a super chat, though. But they could have something on the uh, video feed for a really long time that's playing like a message. If yeah, they it put literally it in their prints name. it over top of the, the video feed. I, okay. We just never remember to talk about tip.lrn.fm. Well, and that's because it's not worth talking about. Because the the reality is we're not a video-heavy uh, show. There's not a lot of people that watch the video streams. This is a radio show that has a video component. And we've Truth. got, you know, on a good night on the Odyssey stream, last night we had 18 viewers. And it's well, like the odds, of, you know, these shows that have the super chats that you're talking about, they have thousands of viewers, right? Like hundreds, if not but thousands But that's only of because viewers. they've been... They well, have, you don't even have to like the content, to be fair. I'm I'm not sure if I could butt in here, but I remember uh, Ian a couple of years ago. You had a stream with uh, Vincent and Christopher Cantwell, mm-hmm. and a lot of people were donating three to four dollars just to talk crap on Cantwell and have you <laughs> read the donut. <laughs> yeah, well, and those were uh, that that was an online stream, so in that case, it, it's something where we're we're easier, um, more able to focus on those sorts of things, like the actual chats that are. That are coming through. Actually, right now, I don't even know the easiest way to do that would be because we used to have Restream as our video streaming provider, and then we dumped them a little while ago because Restream refuses to stream out to any Russian uh, video streaming sites. Right. And so it's like, and, well, and we feel like that Cold ya. War mentality is dangerous to human beings and to human growth. Is the old model working anymore? Well, it's the uh, new model, right? Uh, it's... The old model would be, you know, widespread shotgun advertising. Here's mm-hmm. a commercial about Tide laundry detergent. Everyone watching this show was going to see it. And there was there were some True, specifics, yeah. right? Like it wouldn't show Tide laundry detergent in the middle of a SpongeBob SquarePants episode. Yeah, that's true. But it it would do it at, at three o'clock in the afternoon. And so, but it wasn't like this person has an interest. We we know this is a middle aged woman. We're going to target her with mm-hmm. this laundry. Now they have that on the internet, big time. Right. Now it's much more targeted instead of being this wide shotgun approach. And I think the previous method probably worked better as far as making people aware of various brands, at least for the content creator. And that's that's sort of the aspect of it that I care about as one of these content creators, right? Mm-hmm. Good for, you know, gain laundry detergent if they're making a lot of money off it, but they're not throwing anything to the people advertising gain laundry detergent for them. They kind of screw them for that. And if they're using these kickbacks, these per acquisition advertisements, then the people advertising it aren't actually getting any credit for the work. They're branding it. They're branding the hell out of it for next to nothing as far as rewards. Let's bring Stefan back on the line. I know he had another comment on the advertising and sort of the new media in today's world. Go ahead. Yeah, very brief. Um, I remember you guys were talking about the old versus the new, and I was going to say actually kind of what Aria had just said which was we haven't been in the old method of advertising for quite a while as television itself, as we all know, is dying a slow, painful death. Mm-hmm. So it's no longer about making, you know, everybody aware of your various products. But, you know, as somebody who's, you know, Ian, you're in your 40s, right? Yeah, that's right. Was there was there ever a point ever where you watched an ad and immediately thought, oh, I'm going to go out and buy that? I mean, who could remember that? Probably not. Right. I, I cannot recall that. But I mean, think about how many ads you see. The few it's that thousands. I've seen that have were successful like that were always for events like a mm. music concert or something like that. Something time sensitive where right. you knew you had to act now. Well, it wasn't even that because that, that suggests it was more of a FOMO thing, like fear mm-hmm. of missing out. Like, oh, my God, I have to get this before they're sold out or whatever. It's like, oh, 
I didn't know Marilyn Manson was on tour. Now, mm-hmm. or Pink Floyd. It was actually Pink Floyd at the time. I didn't know Pink Floyd was on tour. Why would I expect them to be? But apparently, there they're they on are. tour. Let's go buy some tickets. Stephen. Yeah, to me, it seems like that's more of where um, immediate buyers would come from. Would be on things like that, or and, and you would see a bit of that on TV. When um, I would watch TV, I would see a lot of things like, "Well, you'd better call right this second, or this offer is going to go away, or you need to go buy." <laughs> Only the first one hundred callers will yeah. get this. That's, that's so obviously fake. Let's go to David in Georgia. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, David. Hello. Um, actually, speaking of uh, targeted advertising. The only time I can remember ads like ads working for me were food ads. I so like I would that. hear I would hear something and I'd be like, "Ooh, that sounds good." And then like maybe a week or two later, I'd be going by that restaurant and I'd be like, "You know what? I'm going to stop in and try that new uh, that new thing from whatever whatever okay. restaurant it was cuz it, it sounded good." It just occurred to me at the end of Stefan's call too that food ads have definitely worked on me, but the thing about it is sometimes I will see like a pizza ad but I, I won't necessarily go get that brand. I'll just go get whatever pizza I like because mm. it puts me in the mood for pizza, pizza in general. You know, so so I wonder how successful it is. But if it is a new yeah. product from a restaurant, like a spicy chicken sandwich or something like that, that might that might work on me. Like if I found out that a, a place had a new chi- chicken sandwich or something, I might stop by. But yeah, I wouldn't probably go out of my way for it. That is a good point. Yeah, I think uh, I think food ads are about the only ones that have really worked on me mm. because I'm. I'm a little bit nuts. Um, I block all advertising on the internet as, as best That's I not can. nuts. That's one of the sanest things I've heard this year. <laughs> um, How old are you, really, David, if you don't mind? 27. 27, okay. I mean, I think, and that's another thing I wonder about, like uh, the demographics of the ad block users on the internet. I, I've blocked ads for as long as I can remember them being blockable, right? Like that's, yep. that's an old thing. Um, so... Yeah. Now, you are a younger person, so where are you seeing the ads that are working on you? Are you still watching television? How how are you seeing those ads? Uh, no. Actually, radio ads are about the only things that work on me because I haven't watched I haven't watched television seriously in about 10 to 12 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the last time I owned a television was when I was like 16. Hmm. What about like Netflix and Hulu? Do you watch any nope. of that? Oh wow! I don't have awesome. any stream. I don't have any streaming services. I generally use only open source apps. I block all online advertising as best I possibly can. Well, this is another point that uh, that I made in a. I sent out a, like a, a newsletter to people in the radio industry, and I was explaining why we are making this change. Is that I think that younger people are less tolerant of advertising than older people are. Let's go to Major Payne in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live, Major. Yeah, I've got a little bitch grave about my local radio station here. They only right. carried you guys on the weekend, so that kind of gives them a check against them already. But about Thanksgiving, they went to a format where they were playing nothing but Christmas music. Yeah. It's all the way up to New Year's. Yeah. Well, now I just tuned back into them, and they're still just playing music. Yeah, it's over, man. I'm sorry. Sorry about that. You're referring to the old FM talk station in, I think it was Alpena, Michigan. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. There's, they 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 carried Rush Limbaugh and you know all of them for. Yeah, this is this is what happens. They blew up the talk format uh, this year. They put on, like you said, the Christmas music. Basically, if that happens on a station you like, 
it's usually an indicator that your station you liked is not coming back after Christmas time. That's like a t- that's a traditional kind of way of a radio station changing formats is they'll uh, they'll put on Christmas music and then they never go back to. Well, why are they still playing Christmas music? Isn't they're not. That- they're just playing some other format, right? You said they Major? still are. Yeah, they're, they're just they're just they're just playing regular music now. Oh. It's kind of it's kind of hokey music too. Yeah. The question I got for you though is now it was your relationship with the radio stations do you get any any kind of gratuity or have to give any gratuity to these no the way that uh, most talk radio in a, of a syndicated variety which is what our show is uh works is that uh, it's called what you call a barter system meaning that the radio station gets our show in return for getting a you know we get being on the air uh, they get a show they don't have to pay anything for, and they get to run their local commercials uh, during during the show. So that's kind of the deal. There were some exceptions to that. Rush Limbaugh was an exception. He actually charged stations, which was insane. The Rush Limbaugh was actually getting away with charging stations, in many cases, more than what they would pay to hire a local guy to host that same slot. Yeah, and I think he had like eight hundred stations. He was the most listened to. He had a lot of them. I don't get what was so likable about him. Like he would be on in my parents' house sometimes, but my parents liked other things like Savage more. He was first. I don't get it. He He was first. He he was. He was the first angry, angry white Republican male yelling into a microphone like that. That he was the and you know that sounds really horrible. Like he was the pioneer. He did that. that. Yeah, we all owe something to Rush Limbaugh because he did pioneer the talk radio format. He pretty much created the radio show agenda, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were some people that hosted talk shows previous to Rush Limbaugh. It's not fair to say he did this, but what he did was he created the syndicated talk show. So there might have been a talk show host in New York City on a big station in New York City, and that was it. Hmm. So there were other show hosts before, many years before Rush Limbaugh doing a talk format. But Limbaugh was the first syndicated talk show of any sort of repute or success. What about Art in Bell? Was States. he like just in one city? I think he came later. No, he was very popular. Oh, Art I Bell he was, was all over. A long, long time ago, back when I lived in Mississippi, I was hanging out with my one of my well, my girlfriend at the time, and we were listening to you know some local radio station that was playing some pop music, and some commercials came on, and sure enough, we both just completely zoned out of the commercials that we're playing for the next four. And I realized that we're, you know, we just played a bunch of commercials and I'm telling you what happened, but we zoned out. We had no idea what commercials played, but as soon as mm-hmm. the music came back, there was some cue that said, okay, pay attention again. Right. And we couldn't tell you because I, I was high at the time and that makes me think of weird stuff like this. So mm-hmm. I was like, did you hear the commercial that just came on? And she goes, what commercial? I was like, well, I mean, there was just a commercial break, and she was like, goes, I know. I was like, okay. So Not neither of us. a single one of them registered with Yeah. Them. We have no idea what was said to us. And you know, we, I could have kept my headphones on just then, and I would have not heard a single one. I would have heard them, and maybe maybe they would have registered somewhere in my subconscious, but I don't even think that because think so. you can turn off part of your yeah. brain. Yeah. Uh, there was actually a really interesting video that came out, I don't know, last year at some point that was shared in one of the newsletters. I, I subscribed to Holland Cook's newsletter. If you listen to our online streams, you know who Holland Cook is. He hosts some 
like really cool little featurettes that we played during the break. I really like the inflation hacks Inflation right hacks. Yeah, he's helping people, you know, save a few bucks. I like when right? he discovered box wine. Did you know you can get like seven <laughs> bottles of wine for like 12 bucks? Apparently he didn't until recently. Uh, but uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's got, he does a radio like industry thing that I, I subscribe to. He used to charge for it. And then a few years ago, he just started giving it away for free. But uh, I wonder if he's not supported by. Well, no, I guess charging for it would have been the equivalent of being supported by Patreon. Yeah, he was doing a direct subscription model before, and I think he's just been successful enough to where he's like, yeah, whatever, here you go. You can have it for free. That's good. But he put on a video, and what it was was it was people, I would say, under the age of 40, generally, like a group of people, lots of people in their 20s and 30s, that kind of thing. And they were sitting in a room. They were it was like some sort of a study. They're on video. They've got a pair of headphones on or whatever, and they're listening to an uh, commercial break from a New York City radio station, like Z100 or something. One of these big stations. It's like been around forever. Uh, and they played literally from the end of whatever the song was to the beginning of the next song. Okay. And it was no joke. It was including the like. All of the elements they had, right? Like, so the the disc jockey talking, the commercials, the disc jockey saying something else, more commercials. And Just for finally, the sake of curiosity, how much of each song that they put, like the last, yeah, the 30, last seconds? thirty seconds okay. or something like that? So, and then finally to the do you know them rejoining the next song? And I'm telling you, if I recall correctly, it was like eleven to thirteen minutes from the end of one song to the beginning of another song. I mean, if you tune in at the wrong time, that could certainly happen. It should never happen. That's insane. But it happened, somebody- especially on television. That happens all the time. The Big Bang Theory, I liked the show before it jumped the shark. Obviously, every show jumps the shark. Mm-hmm. But it, it did exactly this. It would, There was four minutes of commercials and then 30 seconds of the intro, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. And then another four minutes of commercials. Ah, it's brutal. And it, it was eight solid minutes of commercials yeah. broken up by 30 seconds of stuff that people were going to tune out. And then the show actually started. And then right. seven and a half minutes later, there was another four minute commercial break. Well, and what was interesting about this was, you know, watching these people's reaction, like because they are on the the assignment they have is to listen. Right. Like they this is what the study is. Right. To listen, to see. OK, when would you have punched out of this break? Right. Because we know everybody's going to if you're in your car or whatever and you're tuning it, you know, you're listening to the radio at some point. Most people are going to punch out from that station once they get into the commercial. I immediately changed the channel to look for a station playing music. So you're immediate, right? Yeah. Like there were a few people. I think most people. But in this, this is why radio all moved toward playing commercials at the roughly the same yeah, time, right? Yeah. Mm. I think they do that on purpose. Some like do. I'm always looking. And I'm like, now they're all on commercials. Yeah, some do. Certainly, the ones that are owned by the same company are definitely doing that. See, um, I thought it was just sort of a. You don't have to have a conspiracy for people whose interests align to work toward the same goal. Screening calls worries me as well, but like we're not going to we we're just going to take them. Yeah. yeah, we're just going to we're just going to wing it. Basically, I mean, I like it. Kind of the way I see it, Aria, is uh, you know we've we never had a call screener here anyway. We were always just doing our own call screening during the breaks, but. Yeah, well, we had GCN doing it for a while. That's true. For years, we did have GCN. But for the last two years, we have not had our own call screener. And, you know, it really doesn't matter that much. Ultimately, if we get crankers calling in, then we'll just we'll play it differently if we if we need to. And we're but, using the caller ID now more much more effectively. Yes. We're using the call yeah. logs more effectively. Yeah. So the technology's gotten a little bit better. 
uh, on the back end here. And and so far, just taking calls as they come in has actually worked out. It's actually, I think, going to be better for the caller because you won't have to wait. It used to be that you kind of had to wait for, if like, if you called in the middle of a segment and then we... You know, we're in the middle of the segment. We don't know who you are. We're going to wait till the break and then screen you. Now we're not going to do that. We're just going to go and like we did with Stefan's call. In and the we still have segment. a dump button. Yeah, we still have our dump uh, dump machine. So I, I'm excited about it. I think it's a good change and it's necessary. And this is one of the things I was trying to explain to the radio business people that are on my uh, email list. It's like, you know, whether you like it or not, younger listeners, they just are not as tolerant of commercial inventory. You go online, you, I mean... We've all seen these online streams. I don't watch a lot of them, but anytime I'm watching an online streamer or whatever, there's no there's no such thing as a commercial break. That just doesn't exist. No, I bought a cheap you know? $70 laptop at one point to connect to my television just so I could install an ad block mm-hmm. and not use the built-in YouTube app, right, to watch stuff because where they would force the ads on you. Yeah, with the you I mean you there may be with a like a really high end television. There may be an ad block application that you can install or something like that. But for the most part, just throw a you know cheap laptop in there, and you've got the exact same thing. Right. And Problem then you solved. don't have to pay an ad block subscription service or whatever. You'd probably have to pay with a smart television, and it's it works. No more ads. So this is something that these companies are going to have to deal with: is the fact that you know these old dog media companies, these uh, ABCs, NBCs, CBS, all these old media companies that have forever subsisted on this advertiser-supported model, they are they're struggling to try to figure out how to get from the old world into the new world of new media. And so streaming is their solution for now, right? Like, okay, well, we still have our old channels for the 65 and up crowd that is still watching cable and or broadcast television. We still have the what we would call the linear channels, right? Where a certain show comes on at a certain time and then, you know, maybe you can record it if you got the right equipment, but if you're not there for it, then it's gone. Versus streaming, where everything is on demand, uh, for the most part, you can order up whatever you want, and you get to watch it, and they want you, of course, to pay for that. So, the story here from Axios.com is One covering second, that. real quick. This is why Free Talk Live is perfect, right? Because, can you imagine Rush Limbaugh doing an hour and 20 minutes of talking about how much he hates advertising? Like, that, <laughs> that, that was his bread and butter, yeah, right? Yeah, sure. And we, but we are honest. We're still ordinary, average people, and we got to tell you... I hate ads. I don't want to hear them. I don't want them in my life. And because of that, I don't want them on the show. Just like you have to have a driver's license in the U.S. to drive a car in the U.K., you have to have a television license to have a television in your household. (laughs) But what could possibly be the justification? Like, I get that if people don't know how to drive, then they could kill themselves. But I don't know. Didn't you have to have a television person, an official registered licensed person come in and install your television initially? I I think that was it. You should check it out. You can learn more about it, I'm sure. But I had another question about England yesterday because Captain Kickass, he has a bunch of titles and Nikki said, are you a sir yet, Captain? Mm-hmm. Are they not doing sirs right now because the Queen of England is dead? Well, you have I to have a know. monarch, a king or queen, in order to be able to knight someone, which is well, what earns king, them though, the sir. sir yeah. Has he been coronated, though? I have no idea. I pay zero I don't zero know to, or care. Yeah, yeah, near I to zero <laughs> attention to these people. Uh, but, uh, it's back their to, version of the military, though. Back to the TV thing here. So, uh, in the interim... Not only is cord cutting accelerating faster than expected, cord cutting is people who had cable who are getting rid of it, like your parents, uh, Bonnie, 
Uh, but so are drops in linear television bre- uh, viewing broadly, including broadcast. And then they link to a different story. Also, uh, this one from Nielsen, which is, of course, the television and radio ratings company, where they show not enough data, in my opinion. They only go back to November of 2021. So it's just the last year's worth of TV trending uh, data. But but uh, the number of people watching cable television went from 36.9% in November of 2021 down to 31.8% in November of 2022. So a 5% drop in uh, cable television watching. I'm and surprised, then, as, honestly, I'm surprised it's as high as 30%. I'd, yeah. I, guess, I mean, there's a lot of boomers out there, and I yep. guess that's probably it, but... There's a, there's man. something to be said for the incumbency, right? It's been around for a very long time, and they're they're hemorrhaging viewers over time. So they're, they're they started much higher, which is why I wish this went back a decade instead of just one year. I bet you it was you know fifty or or sixty percent a decade ago, and it's down to thirty. The other thing 30%. is like, is, does this count like hotels and stuff? Because every hotel I've ever worked at, there's like. 14 TVs playing. I don't know. That's a good question, Bonnie. I, I, I suspect like not. Five that uh, aren't in rooms, you know? Isn't it curious how, like, television and news tickers like that have just sort of become background noise mm-hmm. in the United States where you go to a hotel and it would be weird to not find a television playing CNN or C SPAN or whatever? It. Yeah. No, no, no one's watching it. It's just the background noise of the United States, a television running ads mm-hmm. for it. You know, 22 minutes out of every hour. And then just talking about stuff that isn't news the other time. Another major surprise here is that there's actually people watching broadcast television. According to the numbers from Nielsen, what it's is broadcast still more than tw- Exactly. It's still more than 20%. It's 25% of TV viewers, 25.7%. Is that like, like Fox 13? Over-the-air antenna-based broadcast. Do you were you're you're in the industry, or you, you and you were in the industry. Yeah. What was the ur- urgency behind the switch from analog signals to digital signals that occurred in two thousand what two thousand two thousand four or somewhere? Oh, it in was that, earlier right? than that. Two thousand seven. Uh, that was an FCC cram down. It was. The I know, feds. but why so suddenly? Because the UK had to do the same thing, but they gave themselves like ten years, and the United States was like, no. Year and a half. Nah, it was a little slower than that here, but uh, the reason was because the FCC auctions off frequencies, and so we did cover this at the time when it was when it was happening on Free Talk Live. But analog uh, frequencies are wider. You have to use a lot more bandwidth to transmit an analog channel than you do a digital channel. You know what doesn't change hmm. when you go to thepiratebay.org, and you shouldn't do this, and you. Use uTorrent to download all of the episodes of Doctor Who or the Star Trek Next Generation yeah. or insert favorite show. They're never going to move from your computer <laughs> to a different streaming service. <laughs> and I understand that that's frowned upon. But, like, we tried to do this streaming service thing. We, we gave it the old college try. And it was great. And it served all of the needs that we needed to serve. And there was a reason that it came into existence because it was to solve the problem of torrenting. And then sure enough, it began mimicking old media more and more to the point that now, now torrenting is necessary right? again. No, don't, they've got the ad supported quote unquote plans on places like Hulu or whatever. And it's like, you know, it's it sucks to have to pay for something and then have to watch ads. Yeah, yeah but you pay less. But, but still, it's so stupid. And they're not as overbearing like... Yes, the Hulu ad model, it does have ads. I think it's like, what, six ninety nine a month for mm-hmm. the ad-supported version. And it's like, 
you, it's more like YouTube ads where you have you can skip it. Two, well, no, but you have two commercials every fifteen minutes instead of four minutes of commercials every every 15 ten minutes. minutes but you know yeah. that's how television started too mm-hmm. back in the day. But like my grandmother would tell me, we only had one television break right. in the middle of I mean, one commercial break, and it was just one commercial. So these things they it, expand, and it's going yeah. to get worse. That's a good point. You know what the the most annoying part about streaming services is to me? I think that originals should be its own thing. Like you can pay to have Netflix originals. I don't care about that crap not at all. There's not one of those shows that like I watched the first two Stranger Things and they were good, and but I could live without having seen them. And you have. I, I just want to watch see, season three or four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just want to see, like, good. Like, I, anytime I think about getting one of these, it's because I want to see something good. And the originals are never good. Hmm. They could have their own originals channel. And then the stuff that people actually want to see. Well, I know that there well, are definitely people, people that want to see, see those. So they could pay yeah. for that. And I can mm-hmm. pay for something else. And it doesn't have to be mixed together. Because well, it's like. Isn't your Netflix plan basically that? No, I have a DVD plan, the Blu-ray plan. I know, I mean, she couldn't stream it, but, like, she, you don't have to pay for the originals or any of that stuff. You sort of have a separate plan. Yeah, I don't even know if they offer those things on disc. I can yeah. imagine they would. Because those are mostly, like, shows, right? Yeah, I don't know if they've, I don't know. I don't they know they if they've movies, made Blu-rays out of them or not. That's I tried question. one Netflix original, and that was the Castlevania series, mm-hmm. and, you know, I... I liked it. I love the Castlevania video games. I love difficult video games, and the Castlevania games are—they're up there in difficulty. Mm-hmm. But I—it it just didn't. I didn't like the anime style of it. Oh, okay. I think I, I feel like if they had gone for a more traditionally Western thing, it would. And I mm-hmm. like anime. Some yeah. anime. I I liked Inuyasha, which is like the most mainstream anime that you're ever going to get. So wow, I've never even heard of it. I've oh, heard really? of it, but never seen it. it My it cousin was, liked it. It was very much for people who aren't fans of anime. Okay. Like, it was not the, not Chainsaw Man or something like that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm completely, like, out of the loop on almost all animes. So. Chainsaw Man is about a guy who can turn into a chainsaw, apparently. Okay. And that's okay. all I know about it. Is it, like, a gore one? I, th- all I know is it's about a guy who can turn <laughs> into a chainsaw. And some of my There's friends There's only so many it. things you can do with a chainsaw. Well, they say it's pretty good, right? right. And he, I think they said he only goes after people who deserve it, but it's very LGBTQ. Oh, like <laughs> okay. Despite surpassing expectations for new subscribers, Disney stock cratered to its lowest level in 21 years last quarter thanks to widening losses in its streaming division. Despite the fact that they've got Star Wars and like all these other huge properties now over at Disney. That uh, is crazy. How did mm-hmm. they lose money in an era where they had the Mandalorian? I've never seen it, but Baby Yoda was everywhere. The few firms that have opted not to enter the streaming subscription wars like Fox Corp have fared better among investors. And then here's an interesting takeaway. You'd mentioned, uh, I think, Bonnie, you had said that someone told you that uh, YouTube, they're leaving, or it was a streamer. Jeffree Star. Yeah, so he's leaving YouTube. Well, apparently he's, you know, he... There's plenty of people that are joining YouTube because uh, the NFL has now announced that their coveted Sunday ticket rights package will be awarded to YouTube beginning next football season. It's the second yeah, but major... Will those people want to watch Jeffree Star put makeup on his face? Oh, I don't know. But the point is, there's a lot of people on YouTube, and that's why YouTube got this deal, right? Like, hmm. YouTube's a huge influence in video out there. And the fact that they're going to get Sunday ticket, that I don't know what that means, but it's probably a, like a big deal for, for NFL, right? Like NFL games are on Monday Night Football, 
and there's Sunday for all the other games, and then there's some like rare games elsewhere. According to this, uh, it's the second major NFL deal to move exclusively to a big tech firm. Oh, hold on. They're... I don't know what that means either, but I can speculate. I mean, this was a deal that they had previously with ESPN. The Sunday ticket thing? I'm assuming so. Mm-hmm. ESPN was the only other game in town. And if it's exclusive and they're not giving it to YouTube, that has huge ramifications for ESPN and, and cable. Yeah. Well, and well, there was also broadcast networks that have uh, deals with the NFL as well. And so I don't know how this is going to affect those networks, but it's writing on the wall. I mean, this is saying to ABC and, and CBS and you know, ESPN, like, goodbye. We're, we're experimenting over here now online with exclusive online access because this is the second deal. They already did one for Thursday night football with NFL with Amazon. So Amazon already has some sort of ex- exclusive deal for Thursdays. And now YouTube's going to lock down Sundays to some extent. I don't know if it's like, I don't know if uh, Sunday ticket is like just one specific game on Sunday that they focus on, like the big game on Sunday, or if it means that that, uh, YouTube's going to literally have every Sunday game. Caller, you're on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, Steve. Steve, where are you calling from? What's on your mind? Uh, California. Um, Yeah, I'm wondering, is Bonnie still doing relationship advice? Um, yeah, I'm always doing relationship advice. I have the best husband now, so... <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. Okay, um, alright, question... Okay, that is not my actual name. That's fine. Um, I... Because I'm worried that the person is gonna hear this. Oh, Because right. she does listen to Free Talk Live. Oh. Okay. Well, anyways, um, if... Okay, I work from home. Um, I have an apartment on... In Hawaii, and... I'm all over the place. I, I basically, I'm very impulsive, and I, I have, I got a bunch of money lately. So, um, should I move somewhere for the possibility of dating somebody who is perfect? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would I mean, give very different advice, but you please you asked Bonnie. Well, I mean, I, you're, you're here, so you can give your advice. Well, you too. said that they're perfect, so. You have to. Well, pretty, I, I would say well, that's exactly much. the reason why not. If you're viewing a human being and you want to have a relationship with them and you think they're perfect, you are setting yourself well, up no, for no, heartbreak. No, no, no. They're, they're not perfect. And, hmm. and, uh, and personality-wise, we're, we're quite a bit different. But core values were very similar. Um, we're, we're, both, uh, we're both straight edge, so that's good. And, okay. Um, well, yeah, and uh, well, and I blew her off like four years ago, and then we met up uh, this past weekend, and everything went pretty good, I'd have to say. Well, how much time and, have you spent with her total? Like in person, or just yeah? Are we t- um, like a weekend? Yeah, then I wouldn't move yet, but you should go spend a lot well, of time with her, and if she's still perfect, then if you want a relationship no, with no, her. Well, you don't ever know what somebody's really like until you live with them, right? So, oh, a uh, 100%. But my where I'd be moving is New Hampshire. So, that's the other thing. Well, now it's a no-brainer. I mean, obviously <laughs> if you, you know, if you can move to New Hampshire and have a potential dating interest, then I mean, that seems like a win-win. I would advise you to move to New Hampshire certainly for, uh, for the point of joining the Free State Project and the wider liberty migration, but moving to take part in a relationship, I've done this. Mm-hmm. It was a terrible idea. 
Well, the thing is, I've never done anything like this. I'm not like an incel at all. I, I get I get girls. or mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never had an issue, but I'm getting old. I'm like 30. You want to settle down. I tuned out everything you said after you said, I'm getting old, I'm like 30, or whatever it was that you said. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, but well, the thing is, like, I'm just, okay, and I I, I was just thinking of this just because I work from home now. Um, I, 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 this would be like, everyone, like, I've talked to says I'm an idiot. Um, But the, the only thing is, as long as I can get back and forth to California, I'm all set. I don't remember a, you know, these are the dumbest things the government spent money on list from 2021, but I do remember having stuff like $320,000 to Pakistan for gender studies programs and stuff like that included in it. So I look forward to hearing what idiotic things the American government is taxing people in order to pay for. This is your tax dollars at work, people. Is $110 billion to Ukraine on yeah, this list? Yeah, I was wondering, list? because that was like the day, the last day of 2022, I think, or something well, like that. Well, yeah, they passed the $1.7 trillion spending package, which included another $45 billion for Ukraine. Oh, I guess these are just more like things you probably hadn't heard of and weird things. Because number okay. one is, one, using COVID relief funds to construct an 800-room luxury hotel. Whoa, what? that's huge. Oh, it, it was a it was a FEMA camp, surely. Or a COVID quarantine camp. I forgot they're calling them luxury. This is in the United States? Yeah, this is this is in Florida. <laughs> okay. Tell me more. It says Broward County, Florida spent $140 million in COVID-19 relief funds to construct a luxury hotel complete with 30,000 square feet of pool decks, a rooftop bar, and an 11,000-square-foot 11, spa and fitness center. I call BS on what? this one, man. This is, this is some corporate hotel or some someone was scratching someone's back in this particular case. There, there's no way to justify it. A, a bar? What, what, what did you say? What kind of bar? A rooftop bar. It, uh, yeah, there's no way to justify that from the point of view of COVID. I mean, but taxpayers don't hold anyone accountable, so maybe Who is so. running this it hotel? Says, it says, surely that's not allowed, you may be thinking, and you'd be right. But the county found a clever workaround. Oh, really? In a board It turns meeting, out it's their brother's hotel. Mm-hmm. And, and nobody's going to find out. It says, in a board meeting this past fr- uh, what, February, the money was transferred to the county's general fund and described as a federal payment to cover lost tax revenue. So does that wow. mean that they're like a donor state or something? It means I think it means that the city council didn't, the city taxpayers technically didn't pay for it because mm-hmm. the city took federal money and they shifted it to this fund so the federal government and money's fungible for it money's fungible so they took the federal money in and then they just added it into this general fund and so they figured they could just do whatever they want with it it says the money was then returned from the general fund back to the project money is fungible as they say mm-hmm. I'm, I'm still a little confused about the workaround but I guess they figured that uh, they'd be safe from whatever federal prosecution. But what I want to know is what are they going to – how are they running this? Is this a government-run hotel or did they give the money to you know Hilton or one of these mega I mean, IHG? I huge, huge luxury hotel, 800 rooms. 800 rooms? It, where's Broward County? Like what's there? Do you know? Uh, it's the East Coast. I don't know if it's north of – I think it's north of Miami. Free piece of advice. Go into Amazon. 
buy yourself one of those one of those little vests, one of the bright orange vests. Yeah. And get when whenever you're at one of these places, put that vest on and go outside and get yourself into the street and tell your wife to come on and you're good to go, right? What, like, uh, what you just find parking or what's Well, what's no, just whatever do? you need to do. Uh, if you are trying to get out and you mm-hmm. can't get out because you know the traffic is so bad, you're saying hold the traffic yes. up. To let, <laughs> yes, I, thank I you. you. That's, I that, that, that was not conveying. That wasn't thought. clear what the the goal was. Of, of I did this. think you meant finding parking, but but also getting out. You could probably use it for both. You could also try. I'm not saying you should do this, but you know people respond to people in those uh, those outfits, right? So right. like, what if you just like walked up to cars and said there was like a parking fee? Okay, you're gonna need ten dollars to the. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> well, see, I wasn't trying to get them to do anything. Else. Moral, just be like, hey, look, we got to let this truck through. And then you jump back in the passenger seat and your wife drives off and you're good to go, right? They did that in Impractical Jokers. There was a guy who stood at the door with a vest. Mm, yeah, or, or no, right. it wasn't even a vest. It was a lanyard. It was at a concert. Yeah, right? at a concert. And he was yeah. just like, $5, $5, $5. Yeah, it was a free concert. And, and everybody God. gave him <laughs> 5 or and so Then he would change it up and somebody else would be $10. So he wasn't even saying you have to pay $5. He just says $5. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, just that's not door. immoral. That's just taking advantage of stupidity. <laughs> Stupidity. It's it's not good. I wouldn't do it. Right. But he's not defrauding anyone or lying. He's saying like, you got to pay five dollars to enter. It's just five dollars, five dollars, five dollars. <laughs> this is how when I went to incarceration in Ohio, though, this yeah. is how we got out of the uh, festival grounds each night so quickly. I had you one of those a, orange vests on. Yeah, nice. Uh, we we learned about the idea. We read about it online. We was like, well, we're going to try it. Let's give it a shot. And sure enough, it worked beautifully these long lines of people waiting to get out i just jump out of the car hold on <laughs> wave the That's other people awesome. on and we were oh my God. 10 minutes and then you'd like us. jump right back into the car in front of yeah, everybody and by, the time, <laughs> by the time i had to do it again those people were, were way back else. there and even so they weren't going to get out of their car like wait a minute you're not actually working right. here because they didn't know sure. maybe i'm an employee and i need to Get up there. Maybe. I mean, it, it was a brilliant idea. Now, if that everyone does it, it won't, it won't work. work. But everyone will never do that. <laughs> right. So get, go to Amazon, get yourself one of those vests, and you're good to go, man. Oh, it's just like we used to there's put nothing, the... the you, don't, you don't even need cojones to do that, because there's nothing like... It's not illegal. Right. Yeah. Some people just, might be scared, like, ah, oh, someone's going to know that it's not true and hit me or something. That, there's You're not saying that you're part of the fairgrounds, so when you, when you you're go just to, helping direct yeah, traffic. But you're not even doing that. You're just Suggesting. wearing a vest, yeah. and you're standing in the way of traffic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome that that worked. It, All right, let's hear the next one. Number two is using COVID relief funds to purchase luxury cars. The government did. Yep, the U.S. government has spent roughly $4.55 trillion on COVID relief aid, of which... How over much? $4.555... I don't know why it doesn't just say $4.5 trillion since mm-hmm. it says roughly. $4.5 trillion on COVID relief aid, of which over $100 billion was stolen or put to fraudulent uses, according to the Secret Service. Number four is maintaining 77,000 empty federal buildings. According to the Office of Management and Budget, wow, they have one of those? They do. The federal government spends more than $1.7 billion a year to maintain 77,000 empty buildings. Wow. Part of the problem is that the process for selling these buildings is quite long due to the various regulations involved. That is one of the problems, but this reminds me of... 
I want to say it was Anatomy of the State by Murray Rothbard. I don't remember exactly which book it was, but it had a point in there that just really stuck with me. That is, when you look at these federal buildings, these 77,000 federal buildings, especially the older ones, the mm-hmm. ones that were built in the, the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, you, you can look at it and you can see that this is an institution that really believed in itself. Mm-hmm. This, For better or worse, the people who built those things, they had this grand vision that the New Deal era, all of that, of all of these wonderful, great things the government could do, how it could be a force for good. And for the justice and wonderment of all humanity. What a load. Right. But, you know, that that's what their buildings encapsulated. Mm-hmm. But you look at them now, and they're these sterile, cheap, run-down things. Like, compare a federal building built in 2022 to one that was built in 1952, and the difference mm-hmm. is staggering. One is very similar to a church, and the other is as is more like a completely boring mundane without character really okay i've never noticed for sam houston it's actually really really pretty like sometimes i'd be like so happy to be there when i worked at a hotel there just to like what was it fort sam houston in san antonio a lot of it was built like really i don't know how how long ago but a lot of it was really actually really pretty and like spanishy and looks really government building is all government stuff but there is empty buildings there Mm. They, they would tell us like well, you know how modern government so. buildings are, like like the bathroom that John Stossel talked about in Central Park. I think mm-hmm. it was a two million dollar bathroom, or whatever. yeah, where it was a, it was drab, it was boring, it was mm-hmm. institutional is the word. I yes, think and that's for. what you get out of federal buildings that are built in the last ten years or so versus the the cathedrals, really, that they were building sixty, mm-hmm. seventy years ago. It is an institution that believed in itself, and it failed to deliver on any of its promises. Yeah. It ran bankrupt. It ran itself into the ground. And all it can do now is it's almost sad yeah. how pathetic the U.S. government is versus what it believed itself to be. Well, I mean, it doesn't believe anything. There are right. people who are involved. But the 77,000 buildings, they're just sitting there. It's actually shocking it's that low, like be, having lived on multiple military bases, mm-hmm. like Dugway Proving Ground, that's got like 20 empty... I mean, it's got more than that if you could include the houses that are empty. Like, I don't feel bad when uh, I hear about them testing like the new laser thing that they tested a few years ago that can auto-target uh, mosquitoes based on the, the frequency <laughs> of the flappings of their wings. And I don't wow. feel bad for it either, but yeah. I recognize that if I'm to be consistent in my worldview, then I have to recognize that it's no better to do it to mosquitoes than it would be to do it to cats. Do mosquitoes feel pain? I'm sure they do. At least if it's swatted, it probably just dies instantly. But but we're actually talking about something that happened in like 2020 with Fauci. But mm-hmm. What this one was with the injecting them with cocaine says, according to a report from White Coat Waste, the NIH... Uh, I don't same know. group. That's, That's the Fauci. same ones. Yeah. Well, yeah. The NIH is Fauci, and White Coat Waste is the ones that uh, that revealed the hmm. uh, the other story, if I recall correctly. Well, they apparently recently spent two point three million dollars injecting puppies with cocaine for research. What kind of research? That's all that they one tells tell you. you. They don't tell you. I mean, there are worse things they could do to dogs, as you point out, Bonnie, than giving getting them high. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not. I'm still not a fan. Well, right. And there's some company out there that is raising these puppies for the purpose of selling them to the NIH, whatever the hell they stand for, National Institute. Oh, that's true. Of that's health. a good point. Like, yeah. what kind of, I wonder if they know the full extent of what NIH is going to do. 
I don't know, but they know that. How could someone do this? They've got to know by now. At some point, some human being has to be like, oh, this is such a cute puppy. I'm going to give it to the government. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, even if you didn't know at the time, you must know by now, right? Like, you must have heard at some point, if you're in the business of selling yeah. puppies for scientific experimentation, certainly at some point it came across your desk that the p- very same types of puppies you've been selling to the NIH have been being used in horrific like Dr. Mengele kind of like freaky, Nazi-level, creepy experiments. And then you would have to realize that you're probably the only company that sells these puppies. So like, if you didn't know what they were using them for at the, si- at the time you cut the deal, you sure as hell found out about it at some point, and you're still selling it to them. Well, I mean, it's the government. If they had to, they would just go to the animal shelters throughout the United States, and, and that, that's... I wonder why it has to be beagles. That's so weird. That is weird. I don't know. Number eight is pretty simple. I just hope it's not about tortured animals. Mm. Nope. It's constructing a Gandhi museum in Houston that costs $3 million. Again, chump change. I mean, that seems like a deal. A museum to Gandhi? Yeah. yeah. In Houston? Yeah. Texas? Yeah. And the not- federal government's involved in this? Uh, Yeah. Okay. They didn't even have the sense to build it in, like, India? I don't know. It sounds kind of more interesting out of all the ones that they've had so far. I would probably it's go to It's the least it. offensive, Yeah, the I least offensive. Ian hates museums, though. I mean, most of them are pretty boring, but what else do we need to know about it? That's all it says about that one, but number nine is more interesting. It says, the federal government spent money in 2022 researching if Thanos could snap his fingers <laughs> wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> what? How much money did they spend on this? It doesn't matter how much money they spend. It's on in it. the millions. It's got to be in the millions. It says researchers at a Georgia at Georgia Tech recently got a grant for one hundred and eighteen thousand nine hundred and seventy one dollars oh, to study whether a real life Thanos could actually snap his fingers while wearing the Infinity Gauntlet. That's so stupid. So you haven't seen the movies, and I've heard these I don't stupid know either, words. Yeah. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast. Listen live and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.